Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Water is coming. A load of water. How much is a load? Storm surge from the hurricane caused the 17th Street Canal levee to collapse on the Orleans side. Water's pouring into the city from Lake Pontchartrain. Has been since yesterday. Yesterday? Water's been pouring into the city since yesterday? Where are you getting this information from? Susan, I think... No, I've need... spent a day and a night listening to rumors and half-truths, and now this one shows up here. It's... How does no one know Levy's collapse? It is a goddamn mess out there. No one is in charge. Nobody knows what they're doing. If you're waiting for an official order, it's not coming. What do we do? Get your people out of here. Activate your evac plan, put it to work. We don't have a plan for evacuating during a flood. Jesus Christ. We have people stationed here. We'll do what we can, but you need to get something going. That is a clip from Five Days at Memorial, which is on Apple TV at the moment with a new episode every Friday. And James Delaney joins us to talk about it. James, how are you today? Good to see you. I'm very well, Tom. How are you? Very well. That sounded very dramatic indeed, may I say? (laughs) It is very dramatic. So this is, uh, it's based on a true story and it's based by a a book of the same name by a, a New York Times journalist named Sherry Fink who went on to win a Pulitzer Prize, not for this, but for her reporting about hospitals in general. And it's about this hospital in downtown New Orleans. And when we open it, the first five episodes, I think of eight episodes, each one is a day of the storm. So when it opens, we're sort of six hours from landfall of Hurricane Katrina in 2005. And the hospital is bunkering down and hoping for the best. And then each uh, the, the the next, I guess, four episodes cover one day of the five days at Memorial and I believe the following three will then cover the aftermath thereof. And I really liked it. Now, it is a very old school disaster drama, right? Yeah. You know, you've got uh, you've got like uh, big grandiose statements uttered by actors about oncoming storms and worries and concerns and so forth. But generally, the acting is really, really good. I would single out Cherry Jones, who you heard there in the clip. She plays uh, Susan Mulderick, who is the hospital's like, uh, I can't quite remember her title, but she's the head honcho in charge of disaster preparation and running the whole show throughout the storm. And obviously, as we know, Hurricane Katrina didn't go very well. I mean, what's kind of funny is actually, and and revisiting it almost 20 years later, right, is the storm itself wasn't actually that bad. I mean, it wasn't great, but it's the levee breaking that really crippled the whole city. And the devastation was unbelievable. Unbelievable is right. And I always remember listening to, um, you know, there's this very good uh, US current affairs show called On the Media. And I was listening to an episode about that where they were talking about how there are no, uh, you know, there are no natural disasters. There are only man-made disasters because man didn't make the levee the right way or didn't maintain it and so on and built it in a flood, in a place that could flood. Anyway, that's a separate discussion. But the whole thing is this big, ballsy, grandiose disaster drama and the scale of the production is hugely, hugely impressive. I'm not sure if Apple has done this before but um, for the first time I've noticed anyway they say like HBO shows often do this you know, watch at the end for a little five minute making of and discussion of the show and the scale of the sets that they have built for this they filmed it, I think, in Toronto, which a lot of things get filmed in Canada. And, it's, you know, the biggest ever water tank ever, you know, really? ever filled in Toronto to film the facade of the hospital. There's 
just great kind of like I mean it's obviously a hugely tragic show right this is all about and as we learn in the very opening of the of the series it's all about these 45 deaths of patients in the hospital I, I just can't get my head around this I'm going to stop you so they're filming, filming it the story is still from the hospital yes and the hospital is going to lose 45 patients yes so the hospital is going to lose 45 patients because as they as the floodwaters come in if if four feet of floodwaters come in, their their basement will flood and they will lose their generators. And fifteen feet of water came, so you can put you can do yeah. the maths very quickly there. And then because they're in the centre of New Orleans and there's nobody on the ground. I mean, who we heard in the clip there was the National Guard arriving to tell them you need to leave right now, and them saying we have How no plan we? to leave. And you know they're a hospital. And in addition, <laughs> the other kind of drama comes from the fact that. This hospital is a seven story building and on the seventh floor, there's another hospital, a separate, you know, a completely separate business, quote unquote, running completely differently to the other, to Memorial. And it's an old folks home, essentially. It's a long term care facility. And obviously, as 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 they get cut off and supplies diminish and in the heat of September in New Orleans uh, things go very 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 south very 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 quickly and it's about the drama that comes from the doctors making the calls to save who they can and the decisions that they make and funnily enough this has been in development hell as a drama itself so the book came out I think maybe around 2009 and originally it was optioned for a movie and then that kind of fell apart. And then actually Ryan Murphy, of all people, optioned it and he was going to turn it into um, American Crime Story season three uh, and didn't ultimately do that. It, 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 Sarah Paulson would have been playing the Vera Farmiga role. I'm pretty sure I talked about it as a piece of TV news way right. back when <laughs> and never came about. And now uh, Apple signed on. And I guess, you know, we've got this... Very interesting time going on in the streaming wars at the moment, where the ones that have separate revenue sources are beginning to really thrive and Netflix is sort of struggling and HBO is struggling. And Apple obviously has, you know, very, very deep pockets. And you can just see every dollar spent on this. I mean, there's still definitely some schlocky CGI, without a doubt, but the scale of the sets and the disaster that they've built. And when you see, you know, you know, like there's even there's even a moment in in the th- second or third episode where they they realize that they have a helipad that hasn't been used since like 1992 or something. So they're they're going up this like rickety iron stairs to the helipad to see how it works, and it is it it is very old school, uh, you know, disaster stuff. But it is so tense and dramatic yeah. that I, I'm going to lap up every episode. It sounds great. There's so much of that tense, dramatic, brilliantly made stuff around. It, it's it's <laughs> you know it's a golden era for it. But that's very interesting what you're saying about Apple and the deep pockets. It's kind of like natural evolution because the the audience is there. They know what the audiences want, mm. and that's increasingly it can't be too well. Made. I mean, they literally sell the device that you can watch it on as well. Yeah, you know, wow. <laughs> watch how this plays out. It could be very different names who are getting your entertainment from, or one in particular in a few years' time. Fascinating. Um, that sounds great. It's on Apple uh, TV Plus. New episodes are up every Friday. So now take a look, look at this one. It's streaming on Amazon Prime Video. This is a league of their own. Take a listen to this. Whoa, yeah, whoa, excuse me. You cannot have 10 players on the field. Yeah, I'm the coach, and they're clearly cheating. They're turning off one of the lights. Miss, 
You don't want to be making those accusations against a veteran of the Battle of Dogger Bank. Yeah, well, I don't know what Dogger Bank is, but I do know that they're turning off left field when we're not at bat. Marty, the mayor told us to limit our electricity for the war. Well, if it's for the war, definitely. Sorry, the, the mayor called you to turn off one light for the war. In battles like Dogger Bank, little things can make a big difference. Okay, my husband is in the war that's now. Right now. Okay, and if he was here, he would say that fairness and, and, and its cousin freedom shine way brighter than, than, than that light would if you put it on. What? I don't get it. But the rule book does clearly say that for night games, the condition of the illumination cannot change midway. So either the light comes back on or we have to start this whole thing back over. Well, this sounds very tense as well, may I say. And it reminded me of a, a, a five-a-side football game I played one night. And uh, one member of the five-a-side team um, disagreed with one of the agreements and turned off the lights in the gym. The game, the, the game came to an end until, until we agreed with him. Well, you should have known the rule. You should have been able to quote the rule book. And you're no, the... If, if only, if only. So tell me about this. This tells the tale of it's, it's, um, it's based in the world of... Uh, basketball is it it's, not a basketball it's baseball baseball so this is you may remember one of those funny American games you, you <laughs> may remember the 1992 Penny Marshall movie with Gina Davis and Tom Hanks with the infamous there's no crying in baseball line a league of their own and actually when that came out in 92 and 93 there was an attempt to turn that into a TV show as well that only I think aired five episodes and then completely died to death and uh, this time round, you know, nearly, I guess, well, 30 years later, in fact, uh, Abby Jacobson, who people would know from Broad City, and she vo- voices lots of different things as well. But her, her main credit would be uh, Broad City. She came together with a guy named Will Graham, who made Mozart in the Jungle for Amazon, which is actually a show that I started but didn't finish because I didn't find it that riveting. And they have updated their version of the story. And the story is about... It's set in 1943. The US is deep in the war. And in order to rally morale and boost the troops, a candy company decides to start the All All American Girls Baseball League. And this did really happen. It ran, I think, from 1943 to about 1950, maybe. And the Rockford Peaches, which are the team that we follow here, were the most successful team. And some of their players have gone on to be in the base, uh, you know, the NBA Hall of Fame, as if I know what I'm talking about, right? And basically, I would say if you liked, you know, female ensemble dramas, the likes of which I would say Glow, which was glamorous ladies of wrestling which yeah. was very much uh, un, um, unfairly cancelled because of the pandemic uh, and, and lost out on its final season or Orange is the New Black which I actually am a lot, big supporter of I think it really was underrated and undervalued as a show if you like that kind of ensemble female show where you have women from all kinds of backgrounds coming together with a common goal this will be right up your alley. And I will say there are 10 episodes. I think I've watched seven of them in, in, wow. in a weekend because I really, really, really enjoyed it. Now, what they have cleverly done as well, and Abby Jacobson has said she some, something she really wanted to do was they acknowledged that if you've seen A League of Their Own, the 92 movie, you know, the the All-American Girls Basketball, or not Basketball, uh, Baseball League really meant the all-white or white-passing, you know, uh, American girls yes. baseball league. And there's there's a fleeting reference to the kind of re- inherent racism of it in the in the 92 movie. But they wanted in this series, because they have much more time to expand on it, to be much more overt and frank about the, the racism that you know was happening at the time. So 
in addition to the story of, you know, Abby as Carson and all the other uh, baseball players, you also have the story of Max, who is played by Shantae something. And that's really bad that I failed to write her name properly. Uh, but anyway, that's my fault. Uh, Shantae Adams, excuse me. And she is, uh, she's, she's a very, very interesting character, right? So she is this, you know, black American girl growing up in the suburbs of Chicago and she she has like an amazing pitching arm. She loves basketball, but or baseball rather. But she just cannot get on a team, no matter what she tries to do. Nobody will even let her try out, despite the fact that she is clearly the best player around. So we follow her arc along with the troubles with her mother, her best friend, whose husband goes off to war, and you've got a lot of the kind of tropes, I guess, of of World War Two drama. But it's very funny. Now, it's also completely and utterly apocryphal. I mean, some of the jokes they make seem very modern. Yeah. Definitely the references, even some of the references seem very winky and knowing towards contemporary time. But I really liked it in spite of all that because I found it very funny, very charming. I learned nothing about baseball. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about it's the just rules rounders. of the game. <laughs> yeah, just I, I, like even when they're scoring, I'm kind of like I don't even quite understand why you're both uh, both. You know, anyway, I just I, like you're not coming to, for this. You're not coming to this for the baseball. You're coming to this for the you know strong female characters, and there are plenty of them to go around. It sounds great. Yeah, I really like two it, in yeah. a row. You have today, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm already dividing my time between <laughs> uh, what I'm loving at the moment. Only murders in the building. Oh, yeah, I like it, that? yeah, I think that's great. Um, and people ask about House of the Dragon. Has that actually arrived yet, or are we on the verge of it arriving? Here? I I don't know when it is arriving because uh, you know I haven't been keeping up to date with that. But it is definitely presently because right. it's on the covers of magazines. So the I'd Game of Thrones imminently. people need to dig themselves out of a hole. They you know, do. Yeah, I, I mean, look, it it seems like it's going to be a bit of a uh, you know a crapshoot for HBO on it because they're they're betting the bank on it, and yeah. you know, and the thing about Game of Thrones is that last season really went down like a lead balloon people yeah. you know for a show that had built up so much uh, fan um, interest to, you know it just fell apart it certainly did that it certainly <laughs> did that and I loved as we watched it there were still people who were saying that you know you're not you're not understanding it um, now James uh, <laughs> listener says you recommended the show The Resort last week lordy what a pile of poop I don't buy into the two main characters at all it moved too fast from the off so I'm just not invested in them oh well I'm good at I will say uh, my mother rang me two days after the show and she had said I watched two episodes of The Resort I really liked it but there's no subtitles so, <laughs> so uh, that was her main complaint that she couldn't hear what they were saying but no no I stand by it I have I've gone the fourth episode I thought was a treat as well we, oh, we're no, just going to have to hold your ground hold your ground <laughs> uh, we've one more to talk about it's called This Fool all episodes of season one are streaming on Disney Plus take a listen to this come on y'all stay focused we're talking about busting heads not broken backs and shit Damn, my boy, I wish I could join you. I really can't risk it, dog. Hey, do me a solid, homie. Take my son. He needs to get toughened up, dog. Oh, yeah, I forgot you had a morro. How old is he now? Shut up, dog, like 12 or some shit. Hey, Junior, come here. Junior, this is my homeboy, Luis. You ready to get into a gang fight, Junior? Like West Side Story? I'll go get changed. Loves that movie, dog. By the way, you still owe me 20 bucks, Holmes. Yeah, don't trip on me. I got it. 
This Fool, all episodes streaming on Disney Plus, uh, starring Chris Estrada. Who is Chris Estrada? We ask. Good question, right? So this is this has snuck in under the radar. It is so unheard of; it doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry. So I am really like, I was, you know, going in the dark for this. I googled Chris Estrada, and the first name that came up was a. an American trampolining gymnast who represented America in 2008 at the, in the Olympics. And that sort of timeline vaguely aligns to what he looks like. And then I was looking at the picture going, I don't think that's him. <laughs> and that's the biggest criticism rat I could find on the internet. He appears to be a stand-up comedian of some renown. Right. <laughs> um, and he's a Mexican-American comedian. And his whole comedy is predicated on, I guess, observations about Mexican-American life. And Hulu, uh, and a lot of Hulu material ends up on Disney Plus here, which is how we have it on Disney Plus. Uh, it gave him this 10 run, a 10 episode sitcom run. And it arrived just this weekend, I think um, pretty much simultaneously with the US. And I really like it. Now, I will say the first episode I was quite uncertain of. Yeah. Um, but it hooked me by the second. It is absolutely daft, right? He plays Julio, who lives in South LA and he works for a rehabilitation company that is helping former gang members uh, find, you know, find the path to a better life after they get out of prison. The company is called Hugs Not Thugs. <laughs> and, and, oh, God. <laughs> uh, into the fray comes his cousin Luis, who has just been released from prison after a long spell there. Along with all his dated references, there's a brilliant episode where he keeps quoting um, Austin Powers as a source of comedy. (laughs) And it is just really silly. So it's an odd couple. You know, Julio is this kind of straight laced goody two shoes. Luis is the bad boy. And into that fray comes all of these tropes you would assume like are of the of gangland violence. So the language is absolutely foul. And I, I got mean, that impression, all right. In that episode, Luis has decided to go and have this fight, and he's going round to find his former, you know, gang buddies to back him up, and they won't. And instead, he gets backed up by this ten-year-old boy who loves West Side Story, who gets increasingly into it, and they are almost like radicalizing him as they go through. But he's really just in love with West Side Story. The whole thing really was just so silly that I just was utterly charmed by it. And, you know, uh, the episodes are only half an hour long. There's only 10 of them. So when I say the first one is a little bit all over the place, it's just you have to acclimatise to the kind of comedy that's on show here. Because this isn't really like anything I've ever seen before. It has the kind of sweetness of like, you know, uh, Abbott Elementary or uh, Parks and Recreation with the foul language of the commitment (laughs) (laughs) thrown in. And all in all, well worth seeking out. I think the commitment is is thirty one years old. I think around now. I think right at this <laughs> really moment, <Okay>. yes. <laughs> uh, this week, good to hear you get mentioned. The language thing is hilarious because I, I think language is being used in these things so much now that it's it's become desensitized. It's funny because Disney Plus gives a rating to each of its shows, and this is twelves plus, which to me seemed yeah. massively under, uh, like way, way, way too young for you know the content and certainly the language on screen, but. Who am I to my, say? my kids just laugh now at language. It means nothing to them. And they're, they're very funny around it as well. Like so I think it might be a generational thing be. that it it used to be. offend certain people. But now it's just become so ubiquitous <laughs> that the generation aren't, aren't concerned about it at all. Um, we've good news for you. Angela in Dublin 13 you, says, Angela. I love the resort. Really quirky. <laughs> totally entertaining. Which is more can be said for most new shows on TV. Um, interesting too. Disney Plus there. That's another company with 
deep pockets Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And, and they're raising their price. Now, Disney Plus hasn't made a profit yet. Uh, I mean, Disney obviously has made lots of profits, but it, yeah. as a standalone little unit, it hasn't. So a price hike is coming in the US along with an ad, like an ad tier that yeah. you can watch with adverts. And inevitably, it'll be coming our way at some point right. too. People are going to start making decisions, aren't they? They are. I mean, with the cost of living crisis, you can only spread your entertainment budget so far. Yeah. There's Amazon Prime, there's, there's Netflix, there's Apple, there's Disney. There's Plus. Paramount. I don't want Paramount to right by me. Is that actually... I wouldn't somewhere? buy in just yet. All right. I won't. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do, I'll do as you said. James, thanks very much for that. Thanks, they sound Sam. great. All we need to do now is find the time to watch them. Um, now, calls to uh, launch an inquest on Michael Collins' death. What's all that about? Find out after this. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.